precept. This is the first and greatest commandment. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it. Love others as you love yourself. So the question is, do you love? I mean, do you really live the definition of love? Are you patient? Are you kind? Do you celebrate in the blessings of others? Are you humble? Have you died to self? Are you slow to anger? Do you keep no record of wrongs? Do you always protect? Always trust? Always hope? Always persevere? This is what it means to love, the way God intended. So the question remains, do you love? Well, good morning. Good morning. Love. We get to talk about love today. Woohoo, right? Good. Come on, wake up. We're going to talk about love today. All right. Who doesn't love talking about love? Come on. Now, I mean, the world loves to talk about love, right? Love is all you need. Love can build a bridge. It's a crazy little thing called love. Love is a battlefield. Glory. You can't hurry love, right? We're addicted to love. Love bites. I want to know what love is. Oh, the power of love. Love, exciting and new come aboard. We're expecting you. Oh, and love, life's sweetest reward. Let it flow, because it floats back to you, right? Come on. Everybody under the age of 40 right now is like, I have no idea what you are talking about. Those of you, please help us to stir out. If you know what I just quoted at the end of that, would you raise your hand? Thank you very much. Thank you very much. What's that? You know the tune. We all do. We all are singing it in our head right there. I know it. All right. Well, as you all know, I have an opening joke today, right? That's why you all came. You're like, Mary Birch is speaking. We're going to get some good jokes today. Well, here it is. Guess what it's about? It's about all you guys. There you go. See? Things are coffees in there. It's going. Um, okay. So a husband and wife had been married for 60 years, and they had no secrets except for one. The woman kept in her closet a shoebox that she forbade her husband from ever opening. But when she was on her deathbed and with, his ble- or with her blessing, he opened the box and he found a crocheted doll and $95,000 in cash. She said, my mother told me the secret to a happy marriage was never to argue, she explained. Instead, I should keep quiet and crochet a doll. Her husband was so touched. He was like, only one doll was in that box. That meant she'd been angry with him only once in 60 years. But what about all this money, he asked. And she said, oh, that's the money I made from selling the dolls. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I would have spent that, though. That's, you know, well-earned. All right, so we just heard a little bit about... 
what the world thinks about love. I also want to read to you. Um, this is so cute, you guys. This is how some kids four to eight describe love. So a group of professional people pose this question to these kids. What does love mean? And so here we go, in no particular order. When my grandmother got arthritis, she couldn't bend over and paint her toenails anymore. So my grandfather does it for her all the time, even when his hands got arthritis too. That's love. That's Rebecca, age eight. When someone loves you, they say your name different. You just know that your name is safe in their mouth. Love is what makes you smile when you're tired. Love is when my mommy makes coffee for my daddy and she takes a sip before giving it to him just to make sure the taste is okay. Love is when you kiss all the time. Then when you get tired of kissing, you still want to be get together and you talk more. My mommy and daddy are like that. They look gross when they kiss. <laughs> Love is what's in the room with you at Christmas if you stop opening presents and listen. That's Bobby, age seven. Wow. If you want to learn to love better, you should start with a friend who you hate. Kids, holy cow. This one says we need a few more million like this one on the planet. <laughs> love is when you tell a guy you like his shirt and then he wears it every day. <laughs> love is like a little old woman and a little old man who are still friends even after they know each other so well. During my piano recital, I was on a stage and I was scared. I looked at all the people watching me and saw my daddy waving and smiling. He was the only one doing that. I wasn't scared anymore. Love is when mommy gives daddy the best piece of chicken. Still working on that one, yeah. <laughs> Love is when mommy sees daddy smelly and sweaty and still says he is handsomer than Robert Redford. Love is when your puppy licks your face even after you left him alone all day. When you love somebody, your eyelashes go up and down and little stars come out of you. You really shouldn't say I love you unless you mean it, but if you mean it, you should say it a lot because people forget. And the final one, author and lecturer Leo Buscaglia once talked about a contest he was asked to judge. The purpose of the contest was to find the most caring child. The winner was a four-year-old child whose next-door neighbor was an elderly gentleman who had recently lost his wife. Upon seeing the man cry, the little boy went into the old gentleman's yard, climbed up onto his lap, and just sat there. When his mother asked what he had said to the neighbor, the little boy said, Nothing. I just helped him cry. I know. So everyone has their thoughts on what love is, what it looks like, what it feels like. Uh, who and how and to whom it should be given and received, like so many different ideas of love penned by so many different hands over millennia of human existence. But today, today, church, we're going to go to the one who created love, who is love, who modeled for us since the beginning what love actually looks like, we're going to look at the biblical definition of love today and how it relates to us, the church, and how we show, give, and model it to each other and to the world. Before we head into the scriptures today, let's pray and ask God to open our hearts and our minds to what he would like for us to hear. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for worship. I thank you for the songs that we sang today, Lord, about love and about love being a response and love being 
um, poured out in praise, Lord, at your feet and giving love to each other, Lord, and being loved to those that need to experience your love. So, God, I just pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to the scriptures, to the word of God, to what your spirit wants to speak to each of us today, that it would find a place to land where it can be planted and grow deep roots. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, well, go ahead and turn with me, your Bibles, phones, whatever you have, to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Today we're going to read a very familiar passage that any of you in here, if you've ever been to a Christian wedding, particularly like in the 80s and 90s, uh, or you've heard a section of this this whole chapter read, or if you've ever been to like a marriage retreat or a marriage seminar or a weekend away, you've probably heard had some teaching on this passage, but usually when you hear it or when you have it taught to you, it's in the context of romantic love, right? It's, it's about uh, relationships. It's about husbands and wives. Um, but today we're going to read it with, I think, a little bit of fresh perspective. Um, today we're going to read it as Paul wrote it as a letter to the church, to the body of Christ. So let's read. <clears throat> if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels... And didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and professed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child, but when I grew up, I put away childish things. So now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Amen. All right. So the last three weeks, we've been talking about uh, the gifts and the manifestations of the Spirit and how they relate to us as the church, the body of Christ. We talked about how they're distributed, um, how they're intended to be used Uh, to encourage, edify, and uplift one another here in the body, and how the Spirit who gives those gifts gives to us a part to be played within the whole, and how that whole needs every part to be fully effective 
and to fulfill his overarching purpose, which is to ultimately bring everybody into the kingdom of God. We talked about being filled with the Spirit, right? We talked about being filled with the Spirit, initially with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and with it, all of the strengths and and the gifts and the abilities that he pours out on us when we ask. But then we talked about the subsequent filling, the continuous, refreshing, daily needed inflow of the Spirit that sustains us. So church, make no mistake. Hear this. We need the Holy Spirit to do any of the things that we just read. There's nothing coincidental about Paul bringing up some of the gifts and talking about those before he starts breaking things down. He knows, and he's telling the Corinthian church, hey guys, listen, you know all those things that we just talked about, how much you value them and you esteem them and how much you strive for and you want to use them. Well, if you go around using those gifts with the wrong motives, out of pride, arrogance, pole position, envy, any of that, guess what? It's garbage. It's useless. Whatever it is that you think you're doing for the kingdom, if you're not doing it out of love, you're basically just making noise, and what you're saying and doing is worth absolutely nothing. It's not flowing from the Spirit. It's not. Do you know how you know it's not? Because Paul gave us another great passage. Thank you, Paul. That we all know so well. And my kids even know this great song that has all these hand motions. And, you know, the ones that get stuck in your head. And they ask you to sing a thousand times. Um, I, will, I won't sing it for you this morning. But if you ask me another time, maybe. But for now, let's just read it together. As it goes up on the screens here, it is Galatians 5.22. It says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. What's the first one, guys? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. But, you know, often we just stop there, right? We're like, okay, that's the fruit of this. But what does it say after that? Sometimes you just got to keep reading. Um, Verse 24 is not up here, but I'm going to read it to you. It says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature... So that's our motivation, right? Our sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Verse 25, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So Paul's speaking in generalities there, right? Like, let's do it in every part of our lives. But then, because I think this is really important to Paul, he gets real specific in the next verse, and he says, let us not become conceited, or provoke one another, or be jealous of one another. He takes it from a generality of like, hey guys, everything that you do, do in the spirit. But for emphasis, be nice to each other. Love each other. Don't be provoked. I think he was trying to drive something home there. It's like Paul was saying, you guys have this amazing gift of the Holy Spirit now, and he is going to change your life. This, this is what it looks like when you're living in his power. The fruit. This is the evidence. And notice what the very first thing he lists is, it's love. It's love. And then Paul goes even further, I think, and says next, and just so you know, this is translated directly from the Greek. Quote, in case y'all need clarification of what that actually looks like, let me break it down for you. Unquote. At least that's what I read on the internet. 
Okay, so we get going into the description, the description that comes next in the verses uh, 4 through 7. So as I think Paul would have done if he had um, unlimited papyrus, paper, and ink, um, let's expound on each of the actions that are listed. And I want you to notice that I said action. And let's just hit that right out of the gate. The love we are talking about here is agape love. Everybody heard that before? Agape love. It is the selfless kind of love that Jesus modeled for us in everything that he did. This kind of love is not based on emotion. It's based on a choice. The choice that someone makes to lay aside their own rights and needs to care for the needs of others. You know what is an emotion or a feeling? Like. Right? Yeah. Like is an emotion and a feeling because... Don't you know that sometimes you just don't feel like liking people? Amen? Just me. Okay, it's just me. I'm really thankful that my husband's choice and actually all of your choice to love me is not based on if you or he really feel like liking me at that point in time, right? Because love and like are not interchangeable. I remember when I was a teenager, my mom telling me, and this rocked my world, but she said to me, she's like, Mary, I love you, but I don't like you very much right now. She said that to me. Can you believe that? Teenage me. But she was dead on. She was so good. And after I got over my shock, the truth of that sank in deep and it stayed with me as a very healthy reminder that love is not emotional. It is constant and it is intentional. And by the way, you know who else has said that to their teenager? <laughs> All the moms are like, oh, it's not in my head. Okay, so, but this love here that we're reading about, this is the love of the Father. This love is why he made us, sent his son to save us, why he disciplines us, and why ultimately he will judge the world. All out of his love. So again, here are the 15 actions of love listed in the scripture starting in verse 4. The first one, love suffers long or love is patient. This is the ability to endure while you wait for God to accomplish his purpose. That child you've been praying for for years, for God to heal them, reach them, restore them, for the come, them to come back and to be in community that you continue to love them, that you patiently endure their process and their journey, loving them continually and perpetually along the way. Number two, love is kind. This love is to mercifully help someone in need. We see this played out in the story of the Good Samaritan. Everybody know that story, the Good Samaritan. It's the practical service type of love. It's the love your neighbor type of love. This type of God's love doesn't just sit there. It gets up and it does something to help. Love is kind. Number three, love is not jealous. This means we aren't to be in competition with one another, trying to be better than or more important than or desire someone else's gifting or their position. It honors them. Romans 12.10 says, Church, Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. And I love how the ESV version translates that last line. Do you know what it says? 
It says, outdo one another, showing honor. So church, if we're going to have a competition, let's have a competition to see who could out-honor everyone else, right? Like all the competitive people in here, I just challenged you. Game on. Outdo one another in showing honor and love. But don't brag about it. Because the next one we read is number four, love does not brag. This means we do things for other people, for the body. We aren't doing it to draw attention to ourselves or to take all the credit for ourselves because we love each other out of humility. This literally leads right up into the next action, which is number five. Love is not arrogant. So literally translated, this means not puffed up. And we've read that sometimes like in the King James Version. And can't you just see that visual of someone, we've all seen it in the movie, like the guy walking around with his chest out and his nose up in the air. And he's puffed up and he's arrogant and he's full of himself, right? Full of pride, self-importance. This love that Jesus is talking about, this love does not strive for or push into leadership or prominence. Again, this is a humble, others-focused Glory to God, given love action. All right, and then we get into verse 5. And action number 6 says, love does not act unbecomingly. So this broken down means that we don't do things to intentionally embarrass or offend people. That we wouldn't ignore what is acceptable behavior because we just don't care. Number 7, love does not seek its own. That means it's outward focused, away from self. Always God's love will lead you into service to one another. So get it off of yourself and out here. Number eight, love is not provoked. In the words of my friend, Jesse Mendoza, oh, bro. (laughs) This one, this one right here, you guys. If 2021 had an inspirational, motivational t-shirt, It needs to say this, bold, all caps, underlined, love is not provoked. This means, church, Christian, me, you, when we are showing agape love, God's love, the love of the Father and the fruit of the Spirit that lives inside us and gives us the ability to do things far beyond our own abilities, we are not easily angered or drawn into arguments. And Paul didn't say this because, well, it was first decade A.D. and all. But that means in person, in your home, in your car, at your job, or dare I say, online. This love chooses relationships over being right, over your own rights, or winning an argument. And guys, I'm preaching to myself just as much as I end to anyone right now. So if I'm not hearing amens, I'm up here saying amen all by myself. That one right there. Amen. All right. (laughs) Love does not take into account a wrong suffered. Number nine. In the words of the great influencer, poet, philosopher, Elsa of Arendelle. Let it go. (laughs) This love does not hold on to offense or look for an opportunity to settle the score, to get them back. Church, our concern for others should always be to see them grow to win the lost, help the broken. And there is so much broken out there right now. We have the only hope that the world has left. Let it go.
Number 10. Love does not rejoice in unrighteousness. Again. We should never be happy to hear that another one has fallen or done something foolish. There's people out there. We are all just waiting, sometimes hoping, are going to mess up so we can say, well, what did they think was going to happen? Or I told you so. Or I was right. Saw it coming. Called that one. Or the ever-classic Christian thing we like to throw out there, right? Well, pride comes before a fall. So loving. But what love does, as we read in the next action, is love rejoices with the truth. We're supposed to be happy to hear that people are choosing to follow Jesus when they are making strides forward, whatever strides those are, however small those strides may be, however hard that battle might be, that they're moving forward, that they're trying, right? that they're trying to get forward into the, what God's truth is for their lives. This type of love rejoices in knowing that God rejoices when people draw close to him. I don't care if you like them or not. Rejoice. Amen. I love the parenting advice that I've heard, and I think it applies here too. You guys catch them doing it right. We've become so critical of other people. Catch them doing it right and rejoice with them. Amen. All right. Moving into verse 7. We're rounding third here. Stay with me. Uh, Number 12, love bears all things. I am going to quote directly Pastor Dr. Steve Schell right out of his book here because it's really good because it's Pastor Dr. Steve Schell. So it says, he says, the Greek word Paul uses here actually means to cover something by putting a roof over it. And I think what he's saying is that when love sees unrighteousness, It seeks to cover that person's sin by not exposing it to those who don't need to know. Those who don't need to know that we would cover. Love bears all things. Thirteen, love believes all things. It believes everything the Bible says and fights for it on others' behalf. Fourteen, love hopes all things. It keeps expecting God to win. Hope sustains us, and it keeps us optimistic. And number fifteen, love endures all things. Church, that means we never run out. The more we give, the more we have. It's a constant filling, and our capacity only increases as we pour out what we have. Woo! All right. We did it. I got through them. I hope you were keeping track because I have a prize for the person that checked off the most boxes as we were reading. Like you were thinking, oh, I nailed that one. That one. And, well, 70% still passing, so I'll just go ahead and give myself that one too. So, uh, anybody get all 15? Anybody? No? Well, I'm totally kidding because if you just raised your hand, you totally just screwed up number four. So... (laughs) Give that one back, and you probably got a few others wrong, too. But um, (laughs) seriously, though, after reading a list like that, like, who wouldn't walk away from it thinking, how in the world am I ever, are we ever going to be able to do all of that? That's hard. That's hard. And I think we've all kind of walked out how hard that can really be the last 16, 17, 18 months. 
It seems completely unobtainable. And yet, Paul is writing this to the Corinthian church and to us 2,000 years later with expectation that this is what we obtain. Because Paul knows that in our flesh, we are not capable of any of it. But if you've ever read any of Paul's other writings, you also know that Paul knows that with the Holy Spirit's power, we are all capable of living so far beyond ourselves that we absolutely can love like this, and that we can love like God the Father loves us, and we can love each other. We can live like Jesus loved us and he laid his life down for us. We can do that for each other. And our shining example, John 3:16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That is the source of the love that we all have access to, that lives within us, that changes our hearts of stone into hearts that are alive and beating with the heartbeat of the Father. And without it, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Amen. Even loving each other, you guys, you can do it. But we need the power of God to love us, and we need the power of God to love others as he does. And it starts here, you guys. We are a family here. We love each other. We're going to drive each other crazy. We're going to offend each other. We're going to make each other mad. We're probably going to hurt each other's feelings. But if we can't figure out how to love each other the way that Jesus loved us first, how in the world are we ever going to be able to go out there and love the lost? If we can't follow the Holy Spirit as he leads us to love like Jesus loves, how are we ever going to be able to go out there and show a lost, dying, messed up and backwards world the power and the transformational power of the love of Jesus? Jesus says to all of us that are believers and followers of his that we will be known by his love, right? Can we truly say right now, in 2021, that this, that love, is what we're known for? That love is what Christianity is synonymous with? If we were to go play the word association game out on the street right now, just right now, went out and asked somebody, what's the first word that pops into your mind when I say the word Christian? I don't think love would be the first one that pops in. I don't know. But don't you think the enemy knows exactly where to attack us? He's literally getting at the heart of our identity. Jesus literally says we should be identifiable by our love. You should be able to pick us out of a crowd because we love each other and we love those around us. Just think about it. As we conclude, I'll invite the worship team back up here. Um, I just want to read you scripture. I want you to hear not from my mouth, but from the mouth of Jesus and the mouth of those uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, what love is, what it looks like, what it does, and where the source of that comes from. 
So let's go ahead. I'm just going to rifle through these. They're going to be up on the screen if you want to follow along. Matthew 22, 37 through 39, Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, period. This is the first and greatest commandment, period. A second is equally as important. Love your neighbor as yourself. John 15, 9 through 17, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey the Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment, church. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay one's life down for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends. And since I've told you everything the Father told me, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask using my name. This is my command. Love each other. John 13, 34. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Are you picking up on the theme here, you guys? Love each other just as I loved you. You should love each other. 1 Peter 4, 8. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. Can we just get that one on repeat in our head? 1 Corinthians 16, 14. Do everything with love. John 14, 23 to 26. Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me... He will keep my word. My father will love him and he will come to him and make our home with him. And whoever does not love me does not keep my word. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the helper, the helper, you guys pay attention here because Jesus is literally telling you right here how and the only way how you're going to be able to do this. The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. Love each other. Love each other. 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but the spirit he gives is of power and love and self-discipline. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. Romans 5.5, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. Again, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Romans 12.10, love each other with a genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Outdo one another in showing honor. Galatians 5, 13 through 15. You were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, church. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You don't get to pick your neighbor. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. 
1 John 4, 7, and 8. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God. Ouch. For God is love. Just a couple more. 1 John 3, 16. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Ephesians 4.2, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with one another, making allowances for each other's faults. I'm going to say that one again. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. And the last one, John 13.35, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Thank you, Jesus. So I just want us to bow our heads and close our eyes and As we pray this morning, I just want to hit on a, a couple things. I, I want to let you know that people are going to be available for prayer up here in just a minute. Also, the altar is open. Um, I know sometimes that feels a little old-fashioned, but sometimes I don't think we even understand the things that we break off and the shifting that happens in the kingdom when we physically move and take a posture of surrender. I just want to let you know that things are available. And so today, maybe today, like the song says, you've been looking for love in, in all the wrong places. Whether that's unhealthy relationships or in substances, material possessions, or just people in general. Or if you've been hurt inside or outside the church body by someone that has acted unlovingly towards you. First of all, I'm so sorry. And second of all, hear God's heart today that the only love that will fill your heart and 100% sustain you and meet every need that you have, it's not found in any of those things. And yes, it can be found in the body of Christ. Absolutely. We should expect and hold every believer to the standard that we just read, but human limitations will keep our expression of the Father's love imperfect. And if you're looking anywhere else but to Him and only Him to never disappoint you, you'll keep being disappointed. But Jesus wants you to come to Him right now and let Him take those hurts and disappointments from you and give to you instead the fullness of His perfect, never-ending, fully sustaining life giving love. Would you do that this morning? Would you let him fill those empty places that you've tried to fill with all sorts of other things? And then maybe you're here today and you're just like, Lord, I need you. I need you to come and do a work in me. Lord, I need you to fill me with your spirit, Jesus. I need you to reset my default switch, Lord from taking offense to giving love. 
but I need your power to do it, Lord. I know I'm so weak in my flesh, and I know where my mind and my heart wants to turn. But God, would you just change my heart? Give me a heart like yours, Lord. Give me your eyes, Father. Help me to see what you see. Help me to love like you love. And then maybe you're here today and you've never said yes to following Jesus. And you've been listening to all this and you're thinking, I don't know what I thought this world had to offer, but what we just read, what I just heard, I want to be loved like that. And if that's how God says he loves us, if he loved me, all of me so much that he willingly chose to die so I could be free, that I could be filled with that same love and be with him forever, I want that. I want to say yes to that and receive him as my Savior today, right here and right now. I want to give you that opportunity. So if that's you, all eyes are closed. Nobody's looking around. If that's you, in faith, if you could just raise your hand so we can celebrate and pray for you and rejoice with you. God, we are incredibly thankful for your love this morning. The love that sent your son to the cross to take our punishment that we earned every bit of. The love that overcomes fear, sadness, pain, and disappointment. God, we're thankful for the power of that love to transform hearts and lives within us and through us. We can show each other in the world that same love. To point them to you, the only one who can truly save heal, empower, and transform. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to go ahead and stand, and as the song said earlier, we're going to express our love this morning by lifting our voices in praise and worshiping the Heavenly Father, where the love flows down from. Amen? Amen. Let's go ahead and stand.